We all want some level of safety and security. Firefighters, construction workers, EMT. They're all there when you need them to help manage life's chaos. In retirement, you want that same level of safety, but who is there for you to make sure your money will last? Brian isn't just there in case of emergency. He's there so you don't have an emergency with your money. A safer retirement doesn't mean a boring retirement, but a prepared one full of the things that inspire you. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker. Welcome to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. I'm Mark Elliott. Glad you're with us. Of course, you can always find out more about Brian and the team at DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Uh, there's a, some great information on there. Under the heading Safer Retirement Education, there's like 12 different things you can download for no cost to you whatsoever. It's just really there for your information, including Brian's book on retirement, The Decker Approach, Three Principles Book, A Checklist Challenge, Sample Income Plan. That's just four of the 12 things you can download on the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. And of course, you can learn more about uh, Brian and the team. And today, of course, we're joined by Brad Geddes. Brad is an advisor with the team at Decker Retirement. So Brad is on board. He's been on board before. Glad to have you, Brad. Welcome to the show. And Brian, what are we doing today? We're going to talk about the six key components of a retirement plan. And uh, Brad's going to take us through it. And I, I think when we go through this, we're going to flesh this out. But the first one seems obvious, Brad, is to have a plan. How What, what guess would you make? How many people in retirement actually have a plan, Brad? Oh, man. It's such a general term that if you say, do you have a plan for retirement to see a lot of people raise their hands if I'm talking at an event or something. But then when you ask to actually see the plan, you realize that it can be uh, people might be confused as to what a plan actually means, what it is. And then, of course, they don't quite understand the importance of it uh, when they think they have a plan, but they really don't. Does it count if it's uh, in their head? <laughs> Definitely not. No, I think a plan needs to be written. Uh, it should be something that can be uh, pulled out, examined, analyzed, checked in on. Uh, I mean, if anything, at least at our firm, Brian, uh, we use a plan at the, as the crux of every single annual review. I use it at intra-year reviews. Um, if you don't have something tangible and written, uh, you're going to have a really tough time uh, making decisions uh, over the long run because that plan should really be driving what you do and why. Okay, Brad, let's go through what a plan is. To qualify a plan, you said it has to be written. Talk about what needs to be in a plan. And let's let's be crystal clear because banks and brokers will say what a plan is, that it looks like a pie chart. A pie chart yeah. is a description of your portfolio. That's not a retirement plan. Why isn't a pie chart a plan? And tell us in detail what a distribution plan looks like. Yeah, a pie chart is a snapshot, a useful snapshot. I mean, everyone should know how they're invested. And that's what the pie chart does. It tells you an allocation target or maybe an allocation result based on a certain risk tolerance. That's fine. Uh, but a plan goes so much deeper than that. A plan takes that pie chart and shows you not how you're invested, but why. Uh, and it ties specific goals that you have for, in, in my world, of retirement. So my clients can see exactly where their income is coming from, not just from their portfolio, but also from other sources of income. Helps me map out uh, different income strategies across their different income sources, rental properties, pensions, social security, and then of course, my job, income from their assets. Helps us analyze their tax situation because when you have it all laid out in a plan, you know where income's coming from, you can look at what their taxes are going to be over time. So we can take proactive steps now to get in front of 
taxes going up over the long run, over the long run. And we'll probably talk about taxes in a little bit, but I, I think at the very least, a plan should show you a roadmap for where your income is going to come from. Now, the better plans will also show you how that income is going to be achieved. You, you should actually know how you're invested, but it should be secondary to how you're going to use your portfolio to meet just one of your probably several income sources. Hey, Brian, if I could, I'm going to ask Brad a quick question. Do you think, Brad, that a lot of people think they have a plan because they have 401ks, 403bs, 457s, whatever they have, and they have IRAs, uh, those kind of things that the, the, a lot of times people think the tools they have are their actual plan? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. And that's why, you know, when Brian said how many people think they have a plan but actually don't, I just sort of chuckled because a lot of people will have an employer-sponsored plan. They might even have someone that they've talked to about their investment strategy and they'll say, yeah, I have a plan. But when you actually start to ask the questions of, okay, so how are we planning on using your portfolio for tax minimization or what portion of your portfolio is invested for your kids over the long run? That's where you start to realize that these 401ks and even traditional bank brokerage wirehouse portfolios are just so far from what a plan actually is. I mean, if it's not written, laid out year by year, clearly identifying where sources of income come from, it, it, it's not a plan, right? Or, or the plan could be vastly improved upon. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're one of those in the majority, actually, that do not really have a real retirement plan, the team at Decker Retirement here to help, 833-707-3030. There's no cost. There's no obligation. Uh, there's no pressure whatsoever. If, if it's a good fit for both parties, yeah, you're good to go. And if not, you're going to come away with a better understanding of where you are on your road to retirement by just sitting down with Brian's team at Decker Retirement, 833 833- 707-3030. I'm Mark Elliott. Glad you're with us today for Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning and Brad Geddes, uh, both University of Washington grads. But, you know, Brian, when I look up your resumes, you have 35 years of experience. I'm going to give you that. You're the, the company CEO. You're the man. But Brad, you dub magna cum laude. What happened to your magna cum laude, Brian? Well, there's an interesting story <laughs> behind that. <laughs> I was pre-med and all my electives were two years of chemistry, two years of wow. math, math and calculus and uh, organic and inorganic um, chemistry and biology and genomics. And so that's probably why I wasn't summa or magna cum laude. Okay. I am a PE major, so I'll let you guys get back to retirement chatter here. You're getting too deep <laughs> for me. Uh, we're talking about really the six key parts of a retirement plan. We're starting with the importance of having a plan. What is an actual plan? Um, Brian, you want to continue on with Brad? Yeah, Brad, when you have a plan and you're splitting out the income streams, that's critically important to a subject that we're going to get to next, which is tax minimization strategies. And uh, the two biggest concerns, stresses of people in the United States, 65 and older, one is running out of money before you die. And two is, are these huge, massive 30, 40, 50% stock market hits? Um, Talk to us about that, Brad, because our clients don't have to look at a pie chart and uh, use the 4% rule and guess on their income. They see their income, so they have a lot less anxiety about that. But go, in, go into detail about um, distribution planning, the genius of it, and how we draw income from principal guaranteed accounts and how that helps us in these bear markets. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and that's where I think is probably one of the biggest hallmarks, the hallmark differences between the plans that we develop and that we help, we use to, to manage client portfolios over the next 20, 30, 40 years sometimes is 
uh, we can actually see where they have risk exposure over decades, right? Or over seven, 10, 15 years. You think about an economic cycle being seven years or more, you might know how you're invested today, but it doesn't give you any even inkling as to what your portfolio might be in seven years outside of a general assumption of rate of return. So I think when it comes to having a plan, it, it, I, I mentioned already that it should be clear uh, and take complicated information and simplify it, but it also needs to have a very and I mean, very high probability of success. And this is another thing that I, is always a bit of a pet peeve when people uh, believe or are told that they have a plan, but I just see that they have a pie chart with some estimates. Um, you think about crashes like 2008, and I'd even say this year since first big one and, and sustained one in, in 14 years, markets down 25% at some point or, uh, down the road. And I, I mean, I can't say enough. I've looked forward to every single annual review because their plan, the way we set it up years before anticipated that we would go through market downturns, not just one, right? It's not just this one. And oh, I got that out of the way. I'm, I'm thinking about seven, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Most of my clients are going to go through three or four market downturns like this one. And we know that the way that we're drawing income from their plan, we're not putting their money at risk where we can't have it at risk. The only area where you can have risk in a portfolio is for the funds that you've set aside for a long enough period of time. So when you have a plan, you know where your money is going to come from. You then understand how that needs to be invested over that time frame with regard to where, when it's going to need to be drawn upon. And then you can sail through market downturns like this one. I mean, Brian, you, can you agree? You, you agree we've had pretty good annual reviews so far because I haven't had to change any of my clients' incomes this year. Are you in the same boat? Yes. Our total portfolios, when you include everything, our accounts are up year to date, not down. Yeah. Um, Rob, one last thing before we go into taxes. Um, when you draw, the, the portfolio has two key parts in retirement. One, you want all the income you can as soon as you can, but you need to backfill the, the last 15 years of your life. So we split that out with uh, a topic that we're going to talk about with risk reduction. But in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, Brad, uh, you're living it. You can take a, a massive 40 or 50% hit in your retirement account. No big deal because you're getting your income from your job, from your work. When you are 65 and older and you take that hit of 20, 30, 40, 50%, that can change your life because now you're drawing income from a fluctuating account and when you draw income from that account that's down 40 or 50% and it takes three or four years, maybe five years to recover, that is a life changer for, for you in retirement. So distribution planning takes that into consideration. The rules change once you retire. Okay, Brad, let's hop into the second. So the first component of a, uh, a proper dis, uh, income plan or retirement plan is to have a plan. Now let's talk about tax minimization strategies. And Brad, so this doesn't get too overwhelming for our retirement, um, for our listeners. Let's take these one at a time. Talk about a donor advised fund. How do you use that with your clients? Yeah, for sure. Um, and now going one step higher level, one of the best parts about having a plan is, is not just the certainty that you and me just talked through, uh, you know, certainty of where income's coming from, avoiding sequence of return risk from market crashes, but it also puts a yellow highlighter on optimization strategies. So we can take that, say, certainty or that, that plan that we have, and we can laser focus on ways that we can now make their lives better 
through things like tax minimization strategies. So let's start off with that DAF, the donor advised fund. Uh, probably one of the most popular tax planning strategies I've seen uh, get some legs in the last, I don't know, couple of years. I think it's because some of the big brokerages are really getting involved in this strategy. But essentially what it allows someone to do is if they're already charitably oriented, right? they're already giving money to their favorite charity, Red Cross, Doctors Without Borders, Sierra Club, I don't know, you, you name it. You're already in a church or something. You're already giving money away, but you might not be itemizing, right? So you might have, your kids might all be moved out. You don't get those child deductions anymore. You don't have a mortgage, so you lost that mortgage deduction. So maybe you're just taking that standard deduction, but you're still giving to charity. Now, in a previous life, you itemized, you filed that Schedule A. In this new life, whether you don't have those deductions, you're getting the standard deduction and you're kind of losing the tax credits. Now, obviously, you're not donating to get the tax credits. It's not the only reason you want to do good with your money. But at the same time, you should get the benefit of that charitable donation. So what a DAF does, it helps you accelerate the next several years of donations so that you can take an itemized deduction for the next, say, three to five years of gifting that you were already going to do. So you think about dollars, you probably want to fund it with no less than maybe $30,000, especially if it's a, a joint couple, you know, a married couple filing jointly. Uh, but you take a, a chunk of the money that you're planning to give away over the next five, 10 years, put it all into a DAF. And in that year, you can get a very large write-off on your taxes and go back to an era where you were being able to itemize more than just, say, the standard deduction. Is that an okay description? I think yeah, it was. And Brian's going to come back and he's probably going to add into that description as well, Brad. We're talking about the six key parts of a retirement plan. We started with having a plan. That's where it starts. And then there's a lot of different categories. Right now we're talking tax minimization strategies. Brian and Brad will continue this discussion when we come back. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Brad Geddes of Decker Retirement Planning. Back in 60 seconds. We all want the freedom to do the things that make us happy, especially in retirement. To get help with laying the foundation for that freedom, call 833-707-2020 to have a chat with Brian. This is your captain speaking. We're expecting fair skies, a smooth flight, and about a 85% chance or so of making it to our destination. So sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy the rest of the flight. Would you stay on that plane? Of course not. Well, do you have a retirement plan where you probably won't run out of money? You need a plan that no matter the destination, you'll get through retirement confidently. Brian J. Decker at Decker Retirement Planning has been helping families retire for more than 35 years. He can design a plan to help you get to your destination as comfortably as possible, even if Wall Street or the economy causes some turbulence. Set up your visit with Brian J. Decker at Decker Retirement Planning to start working on your retirement plan. 833 Get a plan designed to allow you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the retirement you've worked so hard for. 833-707-3030. Firm offers insurance services. Decker Retirement Planning, Inc. is a registered investment advisor in the state of Utah. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, Drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. Welcome back to the Safer Retirement Radio Program with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. And Brad Geddes has joined us as well. Brad is a 
uh, an advisor with the team as well. You can always go to the website to learn more about Brian, Brad, the team. Uh, we have a lot of different team members on the program every single week. DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. And of course, I always say every week, there's an opportunity for you to maybe find out more about retirement, might have some questions. Well, go to the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, under the heading of Safer Retirement Education. There's about 12 different things you can download, including Brian's book on retirement, the Decker Approach book. Uh, you can certainly do any or all of those if you would like, and there's no obligation for you. It's there for your information. If you have questions or you want to talk with somebody on the team about where you are on your road to retirement, it's 833-707-3030, 833-707-3030. And we're talking about the six key parts of a retirement plan. And certainly it starts with having a plan, but there's no question there are other parts. And we've got a bunch to get through, but you were just talking to Brad, Brian, about DAF, DAF. Uh, as part of the tax minimization strategies. Did you want to add in? you want to move on? Where are you going to go? I want to talk about the DAF when it comes to the um, how you can spread it out over three years, but you can also um, concentrate it in one year. Um, you've got a lot of flexibility. If you've got an offset that you need for taxes because you've got a, a, a huge taxable event, then you're able to um, really focus on... Um, offsetting that tax or minimizing that tax. The other one, uh, Brad, the huge one for most people in the United States, people over 65, what if they have a business that they're selling for millions in gain and they don't want to pay the capital gain? What if they have, um, what if they have Amazon stock for the last 20 years or for that matter, Google or Microsoft, and they have huge monstrous non, non-qualified capital gains in those, in those stocks, it can be a business, it can be real estate, it can be rental real estate, it can be um, anything where you're, you're um, facing a monstrous capital gain. Brad, talk to us about strategies, um, the Charitable Remainder Trust, Unit Trust, how you can eliminate that gain and uh, get a credit and what you use with that credit with your client. Yeah, charitable remainder trusts are great. Um, CRTs is the broad category, and for those of you that are going to do more research, the one that we've found works really well in retirement is called a charitable remainder unit trust or a CRUT. C R U T. What this is is it's a it's a legal entity. So you set up a trust that has charitable intent. So the trust ends up in a charity when you or a surviving spouse uh, or you know second to die passes away. Now, when you put the money into the trust, it's a little different from, say, a donor-advised fund. So uh, with a DAF, you're giving the money to a charity just in the next couple of years, but you don't get any economic benefit from it other than the tax write-off that we talked about. In a CRUD, however, you can fund that, um, and when the asset goes in, it is now a charitable asset which means when the asset is liquidated, be it a real estate, you know, like some a rental property that you didn't plan on holding all the way through retirement or a business that has large capital gains on it, or a uh, most common one is a low cost basis stock. Those holdings are now in a charitable entity, which means they can be liquidated and sold with zero capital gains. All right. So this is that the classic one in the retirement context is that rental property that you've held on to for 30 years. It's done really well, but the last thing you want to be doing is unclogging toilets and, you know, changing light bulbs and dealing with vacancies when you're 68 years old, 70 years old. In that case, you don't want to hold on to the property just because it has a large capital gain. A CRUT works perfectly. 
fund, put the put the asset into the charitable remainder trust. Now you have the asset, you still own it or the trust owns it, but you're in charge of the crut or the trust itself. And then nice thing about that is you liquidate it, zero capital gains. And when you fund the trust, you get a huge, very large, sometimes 20, 30% of the value of the asset that went in uh, as a write-off against your uh, taxes for that year. So it reduces your income tax burden for that year that, as we'll talk about in a second, when we get to Roth conversions, it's probably one of the most productive ways to minimize the taxes on your IRA. Best part about CRUTS, uh, from my perspective, is that you retain control of how the asset is invested. So you can have it growth-oriented, keep it on the rental property, you can put it in more conservative stocks. And then, of course, you get income from it. All right, this is best for last, I guess. Uh, you get, uh, we, we usually say about 5%. Uh, it can be more than that, uh, but you get 5% per year of the value of the asset uh, that you can use as an income. It marries really nicely with the income planning exercise we talked a lot about in the beginning. So we're talking tax minimization strategies with Brian and Brad of Decker Retirement. If you'd like to learn more about those, you have questions about the DAF, CRT, CRUT. What in the world are you talking about? How does that pertain to me in my situation? You can always give the team a call, 833-707-3030, 833-707-3030. And I know, Brian, you've got a lot of a lot of ground to cover in this segment, the tax minimization strategies. Okay, Mark, I would add on the Charitable Remainder Trust, I just love that uh, we're able to help clients with uh, alleviating any capital gain exposure and creating a lifetime income stream and using the credit that Brad talked about to move IRA money over to Roth, just like you said. Okay, Brad, we see this all the time. I love this next one. Tell us about the quadro, the happy quadro. Yeah, the happy quadro, happy quadro, right. So quadro is usually tied to divorce. So think about a QDRO, Qualified Domestic Relations Order. Um, basically what that is tied to is you can take a uh, qualified account that someone owns from their previous employer. And if they are older, um, in the case that we're talking about, which is say there's a 10 year age gap between a spouse that a high earning spouse and a spouse that stayed at home. Well, that 401k that that individual accumulated, uh, is going to need to be drawn upon for required distributions when that person turns 72. And let's say they're turning 72 this year. Well, in advance of that age, they can take say that million dollar portfolio and they can get a court order to divide that 401k in half, put half of it in the name of the person that accumulated the account, and the other half goes to the younger spouse. What this does is it creates more of a gap in when they have to start doing those required distributions, and it can also ensure that they're going to remain in a lower marginal tax bracket and gets us to those uh, a longer runway for getting Roth uh, or get IRA to Roth conversions underway over the next 12 years for that uh, younger spouse. And, and this will make more sense when we talk about the value of a Roth account. But we, like you said, it just creates a, a, a bigger runway to get that IRA money converted to Roth. Okay, Brad, let's, let's uh, gosh, we've got more to cover here. Let's talk about um, the estate tax. At the federal level, it's $11 million per so $22 million in coverage um, before you're, you're, you're bumping into that on the federal level. But here we have some offices in Washington and California. Let's use Washington as an example. They have a $2.2 million per state estate tax limit exclusion. So if you're single, you've had a spouse pass away, um, there's more to it in the planning here. 
half of our clients, Brad, just say, hey, I'm dead. I don't care. Um, whatever the kids get net of the state or the federal estate tax is more than I ever got. Half of our clients say that. But the other half say, hey, I would roll over in my grave knowing after paying a lifetime of taxes, I pay another $800,000 just for for dying. I'm not going to let that happen. So in the planning that we do for state or federal estate taxes, we make the estimate. And then, um, Brad, talk about the strategy of removing that as uh, a cost to the estate. Yeah, so you have an eyelet for that. So once you identify, and it takes a plan to do this, but you have to identify the surplus, the amount that's not needed in that person's lifetime. And they can, if they know that they're passing it on to kids or grandkids, what an eyelet does, it allows you to um, carve out that portion that you're going to pass on in the future, but it carves it out while it's smaller. You know, if someone's going to live 30 years, that account presumably should be quite a bit larger than what it is today, which if you're paying 40% taxes on anything over $12 million uh, in, in at today's rates, you, you or, or if you have state estate taxes, um, you're going to be paying a ton of that value if you let it grow and grow and grow. So when you have things like an islet um, where, uh, where you're able to quarantine, to use a modern term, or just isolate the portion that you're not going to use in your lifetime, you can uh, prevent estate taxes from eating up what you planned on passing on to your kids. A little bit of planning goes a long way with these. Okay. And also we go into their trust, Brad, too, to make sure that they have the AB clause in there. Talk about that because that's uh, either they're using the exclusion that's available to them or they're missing it. Yeah. Yeah. So AB trusts are, uh, it's an interesting one, kind of dusting those off. Super popular, very useful um, up until the last four or five, six years. But yeah, what AB trust does, it allows you to divide up an estate uh, to what is going to be inherited by or, or passed on to a spouse versus what passes on to the next generation. And you can configure them different ways. Uh, there's even ABC trusts. Um, but it's uh, very helpful for people from a tax planning standpoint to get um, those assets into that the spouse is going to need into the spouse's hands without, uh, but then remaining, keeping that uh, total estate tax exemption, uh, the dollar amount that people are going to get beneath that estate tax exemption that, again, right now is over $12 million and might go down in the future. But um, definitely, again, another example of where planning goes a long way. Brad, in, in the last minute that we have, let's go through and hit uh, the net unrealized appreciation. If you have a concentrated position of uh, company stock in your 401k, what can you do? Yeah. Uh, so this allows you to, if your company was compensating you with shares of stock in your 401k account, uh, and in, in, in that case, you get a one-time ability to move that out of that account all at once. Um, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that allows you to avoid income taxes on that distribution and you pay only capital gains rates, which is usually going to be let's say half of the rate that you're going to pay if you were to distribute that over your lifetime through required distributions and have it taxed as income. So new is a really great bit more isolated in their uses because it does have to be company stock um, that you accumulated in a uh, qualified account, um, but, but very useful if you were compensated in, with that. Ryan and Brad are discussing the six key parts of a retirement plan. And obviously it starts with the importance of actually having a written retirement plan. Uh, And now we're talking tax minimization strategies. When we come back, we're going to get into the Roth world of tax, taxes and tax-free. I think we all like the idea of tax-free. You can certainly give the team a call. If you have questions about any of this, you're like, well, that doesn't sound like my plan. I don't think I've been, I've not heard about any of those things that they were just talking about. Uh, I'd like to learn about some of that. 
call the team. There's no cost for this. 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. Back with more with Brian and Brad of Decker Retirement. This is Safer Retirement Radio. What does your dream retirement look like? While you're busy thinking about that, why not let Brian help you figure out how to make that happen? Simply call 833-707-2020 to get started. Welcome back to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Brad Geddes of Decker Retirement Planning. I'm Mark Elliott. Glad you're with us again. You can always go to the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. 12 different things you can download under the heading on Decker Retirement Planning's website, Safer Retirement Education, including Brian's book on retirement, the Decker Approach Book. And that's really my key to retirement. I mean, having that copy of that book is priceless, and I'm hoping the price goes up and up so I can retire someday. But I've got that, the Decker Approach Book. It's got some great information for you about retirement, and that's what we're talking about today. How in the world do you know if you actually have a retirement plan? The tools that you can put into there are important, but they're not a plan. So that's what we're talking about today. The six key parts of a retirement plan starts with having an actual plan. Right now, we've got a couple more areas of the tax minimization strategies, Brian, that I know you wanted to get to till we move on to the other areas of, of actually having a retirement plan. Yeah, let's let's spend time on these last two on cost segregation. Brad, let's say that you have a client with a bunch of rental properties. What would you recommend so that you can change that taxable income stream to a tax-free income stream? Yeah. So one of the big benefits, one of the main benefits of owning rental property is, of course, the income that it generates. And supposedly uh, it's passive income. Uh, but any of my rental property clients would argue that that is definitely a misnomer at the least. Uh, so they they have this income that comes in from rent, commercial properties, real, uh, residential properties, but they get to offset that income with a depreciation schedule. So you can depreciate the asset over 27 or 29 years, um, and it helps to shield some of that income from taxes. But they still end up paying quite a bit in taxes because it, uh, it is income that they have to report on. What a cost seg or a cost segregation study does is it helps you isolate the portion of your real estate property that is depreciating at a rate that is vastly faster than the 27 or 29 year period. So you think about like the framing or the foundation of a house. If the house is built right, that's going to last for decades, if not hundreds of years. But the doorknobs, the paint, the carpet, the areas where people spend a lot of time, uh, you know, you think about every time that someone moves out of your rental property, what is the work that you're having to do and spend money on? Well, that's depreciating a lot faster. So what a cost seg study does is you hire a firm to come in and identify the value of the property. Say it's a quarter, 20, maybe 28% of the total property value. And you can accelerate that depreciation over the time frame that it's going to be used. So instead of waiting 27 years to fully depreciate the value of the doorknobs that you have in your house, well, you can depreciate those immediately in a single year. And, and uh, you can do, like I said, about a quarter of the property value is typically able to do this. And once that runs out, once your depreciation runs out and say the asset's fully depreciated, at that point, you can throw in a 1031 exchange uh, and then you can start the depreciation uh, schedule all over again. But it helps you pay $0 or a lot less in total taxes on that income that you get from rent. Right, that's awesome. Okay, when it comes to the Roth conversion, this is going to be easily the most broad, widespread um, tax minimization tool that affects the most people in the United States, people over 65. Let's talk about a Roth conversion, what it is, and then let's dive into some numbers that are just stunning. 
Yeah. So Roth conversion. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. A year ago, uh, a year ago, if I asked people, they knew what a Roth conversion one Roth conversion was. Uh, most people did not. And in fact, lots of times in planning, I mean, Brian, you've been doing this for 17 years in this exact fashion, <laughs> probably longer than that um, before. But uh, when it comes to Roth conversions, this, this, this math has been around for a long time, but something's happened in the last year where people are aware of a Roth conversion. But then when I ask the next question, which is how many of you have done a Roth conversion? The room goes silent. I mean, that's just where I, nobody has actually done a Roth conversion or very few. What I found is that a lot of advisors, they'll talk about Roths, but they don't have the math to actually execute that strategy. And that's what we're good at, right, Brian? Yep. Okay, here are the numbers. I've got them right in front of me, Brad. Um, let's take someone, 60-year-old, million-dollar IRA, growing at 6% a year. At age 72, required minimum distributions are, uh, are due. And so dutifully, this person pays taxes on the required minimum distributions, and we killed him off at age 90. Here's the numbers. In his lifetime, he paid 676732.22 in taxes, but then he passed his inherited IRA to his children, and they have, according to the SECURE Act, they have 10 years to pay the rest of the required minimum distributions, a total of 718,496.14, total of almost $1.4 million in taxes paid. Now, in contrast, let's take that... Uh, million dollar IRA, let's do a Roth conversion strategy where in the first three years, we're pretty aggressive converting 225, 225, 225 from an IRA to a Roth where it grows tax-free, distributes income back to you tax-free and passes to your beneficiaries tax-free so that, and then 50,000 a year from age 63 to 71 so that by age 72, this person has no IRA exposure. So therefore, no required minimum distribution exposure. Everything's over in the Roth. So no required minimum distributions are due. How much tax does that person pay? 319,474.93, a savings of almost 1.1 million in taxes. And instead of passing net of tax, 1.2 million to his kids paying required minimum distribution, the Roth allows 4.1 million, 4.151932 to be exact, over to the kids. It is a stunning difference. The Roth needs to, and Brad, instead of me saying this, you tell us mathematically how we go about calculating the client's um, adjusted gross income and calculating how much money each year we convert from an IRA to a Roth, and do we convert principal guaranteed accounts or just the risk. Take us through the rest of the Roth uh, story. Yeah. So, and, and this is really where you're going to get the difference between having a plan versus just a portfolio. You know, if, if you have a portfolio, someone might be throwing out, yeah, let's do a $5,000 or $20,000 conversion this year. But there, it's really a math based question. You know, you, the, the answer is sometime in November, you sit down with your advisor and you look at what your total income, taxable income sources are year to date. And you should have a pretty good idea because you're 11 months into the year um, and you're not going to have any major surprises or too many major surprises in the next six weeks. With that number in mind, you look at where you sit in your current marginal tax bracket, 22%, 24%, 32%. And you want to see how much it's called headroom, how much headroom you have before you hit the top of that marginal bracket. That becomes your starting point for evaluating how much you might be able to convert 
in that year. Now, if you go a step further, you can throw in any of those charitable entities that we talked about earlier, DAFs uh, or, uh, or or charitable remainder unit trusts, CRUTs uh, in, in the future. And now you can actually do a really large Roth conversion. If you go one step further, you can also look at what future tax brackets are going to be. And a lot of people are shocked when they see that they might be in the 24% bracket today, but if their required distributions go as scheduled, they're going to be in 32% bracket in just a few years. Well, that's an argument for getting more into a Roth account now and not waiting for the IRS to force you to pay more in taxes down the road. So it does take math. It does take someone that has experience. Um, and I'd say lastly, it requires a plan because you need to know these things in front, uh, not just a portfolio. All right. Um, when it comes to number two, number one was to have a plan. Number two is tax minimization strategies. Brad, let's talk about risk reduction. A lot of people go into their retirement with a 60-40 or 70-30 portfolio. That means they have 60% of everything that they have uh, made in stock exposure. Uh, so when the markets drop 20, 30, 40%, they take the full hit. And then um, when it comes to the 40% or the 30%, they're in bond funds. And when interest rates go up, uh, they take that hit too. 20% hit in bond funds in the last two years. Talk to the points of risk reduction. Yeah. Yeah. Risk reduction. I mean, it's not just about volatility analysis or evaluating what your qualitative risk tolerance is in supposed different market conditions. You should actually understand where you're taking risk and why. And what you're and by why, meaning what are you expecting to get out of that risk exposure? So when you think about lowering risk, the first one is, at least in my office, we're focusing on lowering or eliminating the risk of loss on key sources of income. So if someone is planning on drawing income in the next one to five years, I'm going to treat that very differently from an account that's invested for 10 to 15 years. Now, going a step further, when you do identify the amount that they're not going to be using as a near-term or medium-term source of income, now you have the amount that you can confidently invest for the long-term. Right? We're not guessing anymore. We're using math to identify the amount that they don't need for, say, greater than 15 years out. At this point, we should feel confident that you can take more risk or have more exposure there. Now, when you think about different investment strategies that can achieve that 10, 15, 20-year investment horizon and the rate of return expecting that, we also go a step further to uh, offer actively managed strategies that being able to benefit from what, what we call a two-sided strategy, meaning they have a history of not only doing well over the long run, meaning when markets generally trend higher over 10, 15 years, they can do extremely well and outperform the broader market. But a lot of it comes from not losing money in downturns or protecting against loss in those downturns. So there's a lot of things you can do to lower risk, but I think it starts with identifying what are you using in the near to medium term and then positioning the remaining portion of a portfolio for long-term growth and accumulation. And can't emphasize enough that protection against uh, loss on those income sources. You already mentioned things like bond funds. Uh, those have done so poorly this year and caught a lot of traditional portfolio advisors and uh, uh, the clients that own them off guard because those bond funds have just been destroyed this year by the rising rate environment. So Brad, on risk reduction, we have quantitatively lowered clients' risk from 60 or 70% risk to the markets to uh, about 25 to 30%. We have strategically redu reduced their risk because instead of having one-sided strategies in a two-sided market that goes up and down where they need the markets to go up to make money, we've uh, 
We've used uh, computer trend following models that are able to make money in up or down markets. These are the managers that we've gone through with a math-based um, procedure of going through the databases, the Wilshire database, the Morningstar database, and a couple others, asking four questions, four requirements, I guess, in choosing these managers, these risk managers. One, they have to have gone through a down market or they're not proven. Number two, they have to show actual numbers, no hypothetical, no back-tested. They have to show uh, net of fee numbers. And number four, most important, they have to show third-party verification on their numbers. We gather the information and we have four filters. We get rid of managers that are closed to new investors. We get rid of hedge funds. Uh, we get rid of managers that have three, four, five million dollar per account minimums. And we get rid of high beta managers that do really well in the good markets and do really poorly in the bad markets. And what is left, not just the top five or 10, that, uh, top five that we use, but the top 60 or 70, these are all computer trend following models and have been for over 30 years. So we do the math and do the homework to make sure that what part of this risk reduction is using managers that can are able to make money in up or down markets. And the last thing is we eliminate interest rate risk because we are not going to use bond funds when the interest rate cycle is bottomed. In 40 years, 19... Um, Went from 1940, the 10-year treasury went from 2%. 40 years later, it was at 15%. 1980, it went from 15% to 2020, it went to 0.47. And we are now starting a higher interest rate cycle. Whoever is telling you to put your safe money in bond funds when interest rates are this low is committing, in our opinion, financial malpractice because people in the last two years, on average, have lost 20% as interest rates have gone up in the last couple of years. So we're talking about the six key parts to a retirement plan. And obviously it starts with having an actual written retirement plan. Tax minimization strategies covered a lot of ground there. If you want to know what about the, the tax-free world, the Roth world, you need to sit down with somebody that understands this world so you do the right thing and because you can really make some mistakes here. Not everybody should move into this world, but boy, if you can, what a great benefit that would be. Risk reduction. It's about setting up the portfolio in the right way for you. Remember, everybody's situation is different. Brian, Brad, and the team at Decker Retirement are here to help you. 833-707-3030. No cost for this chat. There's no pressure. There's no obligation. The team at Decker Retirement would love to help if they can. 833-707-3030. We've got three key parts of a retirement plan coming up next. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Brad Geddes of Decker Retirement Plan. Are you afraid you'll run out of money in retirement? Give Brian Decker a call at 833-707-3030. From the pitch, swung at a little too soon. Strike three, you're out. To the joke told at the wrong time. To barely missing your connecting flight. This is the final boarding call for flight 109 to Chicago. Timing is everything. And the same can be true for your social security benefits. Take them too soon and you could leave a lot of money on the table. Take them too late and you might spend down too much of your savings. Everybody's situation can be different, but taking your social security benefits at the right time is important for your retirement success. Brian J. Decker and his team at Decker Retirement Planning understand social security and can help you make decisions that are best for you and your retirement dreams. Call Brian at 833-707-3030 to start optimizing your benefits. With social security, timing is everything. So don't delay. Call Brian J. Decker 
at Decker Retirement Planning today. 833-707-3030. Firm offers insurance services and is not affiliated with the U.S. government. Decker Retirement Planning, Inc. is a registered investment advisor in the state of Utah. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. Glad you're with us today for Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. Brian is brought alongside Brad Geddes, who's an advisor with the team, a certified financial planner professional, is Brad Geddes. Uh, you can find out more on the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. You can also go there uh, to download up to 12 different items that are on there for you. No cost, no obligation for you. Brian's book on retirement, The Decker Approach. Three Principles of Retirement Book, The Checklist Challenge Sample Income Plan. That's just four of the 12 things you can download on DeckerRetirementPlanning.com website under the heading of Safer Retirement Education. I'm Mark Kelly. Glad you're with us today. Of course, if you'd like to chat with the team about any concerns or questions you may have about where you are on your road to retirement, whether it's having an actual retirement plan, whether it's tax minimization strategy, should I move money into the tax-free world, the world of Roth? Uh, what about risk reduction? That's really a key when you get into retirement is not having too much money in risk. And everybody's situation is different. There are people that are great with all kinds of risk because they have all kinds of money. A lot of us need to be a little care more careful with our money. So there, everybody's situation is different. Always remember that. Uh, but you can always call the team. They're here to help. It's 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. So we've covered half of the topics today. Have a plan, tax minimization strategies, risk reduction. Brian, that leaves you and Brad to get through the final three parts of that that always should be a part of a retirement plan, portfolio optimization, income optimization, and fee minimization. So I think we're going to go right to portfolio optimization. That's right, Brad. If we're a math-based firm and we take our fiduciary responsibility, something we would never do, Brad, can you imagine saying this to a client, looking them in the eye and saying, you know, we use these five mutual funds. These are good enough. I know there's probably better out there, but let's just work with these. Can you imagine saying that? That's no, it, it's it's beyond me. I mean, I, I I couldn't imagine being beholden to a specific product suite or a, a specific a narrow range of products that I was just handed a quota on. Uh, I, I really like that we can use uh, more of a math-based approach to identify uh, quantitatively what is actually going to be the best for the people that I'm working with. Brad, describe how we pick um, principal guaranteed accounts. Let's start there. Yeah, it's kind of a two-phase thing uh, for identifying what someone ought to have in their portfolio. And it goes back to getting a plan. You know, Once you have that plan and you have the right framework in mind for when they're going to need assets, income from their portfolio, and any of the tax planning that, that goes alongside that, now you can start to fill in the pieces. You get the scaffolding all set up and you know when money is needed and approximately uh, where it ought to come from. And then you can start to look for best in class, right? So best in class for, say, uh, an FDIC insured account uh, is going to be liquid. It's going to be available, but we owe our clients uh, the information that they deserve to get the highest rate of return that's available. And whether that's a local uh, credit union uh, or a national bank or, say, an online uh, online bank that is paying, say, two times what the going rate is for savings accounts and checking accounts. We want our clients 
to know that, but you want to optimize that piece of their plan. Then you have their three-year, five-year, longer-term account, seven, 10-year-plus uh, we should always know and we always do know exactly where they should go for the best averaging rates of return on those different pieces of their portfolio that we still want protected against loss, those principal guaranteed accounts. Uh, we also will look into their tax status, looking at where are they, uh, these full accounts versus tax-free accounts. Um, but we want to know where the best rates of return are. And, and that is not an easy effort, as that team will attest. Uh, it is not an easy thing. Right. So, Brad, let's talk about specifics. So when it comes, and, and let's show the, the value of us doing the homework. When it comes to portfolio optimization, when it comes to cash, for example, we'll, we'll talk about cash, talk about three-year, five-year, seven, 10-year, taxable and tax-free. Um, on cash, most of the commercial banks are paying almost zero, 0.1 maybe. Commercial uh, Credit unions are 0.3 right now. What are we seeing on e-banks? Talk to us about e-banks, what they are and I think we're seeing around 1.6% on FDIC e-banks. What are e-banks? Yeah, online banks. Uh, when you get away from those brick and mortar institutions where it's nice to go in and shake hands with someone and you know, look someone in the eye, if someone's willing to get away from uh, just the, the, what I would call the hassle of going into a brick and mortar institution, you can get a lot better rates of return from an FDIC insured account uh, that are online. I mean, I'm just thinking a couple right off the top of my head. You have banks like Synchrony, uh, you, have, you have Marcus by Goldman Sachs, Capital One's always up there at the top of the list. But yeah, these are paying one and a half to, I mean, the highest I've seen lately is about 1.8%. Uh, I know with my own personal bank that I use is Ally, and I've gotten every two weeks a notice that my savings account rate is going up. I think about 1.6% now. National average is a fraction of that. And, uh, uh, it's been a, a good one to be able to let people know where they can go for good rates of return in a low yielding environment like this. And then we've got I-bonds issued from the Treasury that right now are yielding 9.6%. Those are capped at, at $10,000 yeah. per person. But uh, the let, let's keep going. On the three-year with the, the 7 to 10-year CD rate right now at around 3.8%, our clients are getting about three and three quarters on three-year principal guaranteed accounts. Those are fixed rate investments, four and a quarter on a five-year. And then on seven to 10-year, Brad, we have found that the highest earning principal guaranteed accounts are averaging over 9% there. Talk to us about the tax-free. Those are taxable investments. Um, talk to us about the tax-free side. Yeah, the tax-free side is great. Now, it doesn't work uh, for everyone, but when it does, it just works beautifully because um, you still have that same safe principal protection angle that's really important as an income source, but getting tax-free growth, similar to that Roth IRA conversation we were having a couple minutes ago, that tax-free growth is, is uh, a, an important part of long-term accounts. Um, and you can, when you can combine that tax-free growth with an average return of eight, nine percent per year. And when you factor in your, uh, uh, your tax bracket to that, you're looking at even higher, just depending on your tax rate for the tax equivalent yield. Uh, they're, they're some of the best performing assets out there. So yeah, I mean, looking at time frame, looking for the best rates of return possible, and then dividing those up into taxable and tax-free allocations uh, is, is just kind of the basics of what someone ought to do if they're being a fiduciary for their clients. Okay. Um, so now, Brad, let's get to number five, income optimization. If we are 
if we've done the math and we've gone through the um, portfolio optimization, the net of tax, we've done risk reduction, we've done tax minimization, we are optimizing their income, net of tax. Uh, so that's an easy one to check the box. Um, we get to the last one here. So number one is to have a plan in retirement. Number two is tax minimization strategies, which we spent uh, 15, 20 minutes on. Three is risk reduction. Four is portfolio optimization. Number five is income optimization, where after we have um, optimized the portfolio, uh, minimized the risk, minimized the taxes, we are optimizing their net of tax income. Talk to us about fees. Fee minimization, Brad, is the last one. Yeah. So with everything that we just talked through, um, one of the things I love about what we do here as a company is we're not just smoke and mirrors with this. Um, each of these is underway with every one of my clients where appropriate. Um, and you think about the national average of what people are paying their advisor to basically come in and once a quarter hit rebalance in their TD Ameritrade account, and they're charging a 0.96%. Uh, it's almost, I'll just say 1% and round up there. 1% of your portfolio value every single year, regardless of how you're invested. You know, think about those lower yielding cash money market accounts you have at uh, you know, some of those big banks and brokerages and uh, you know, the low yielding bond funds that are actually negative this year, you're still paying 1% of your portfolio every single year for the pleasure of meeting with that person, maybe once, hopefully, but sometimes less than that. What I like about our company is that we can do everything uh, that we just talked through for a fraction of that cost. I mean, I, I have never had a client come over that said, oh, you know what, you're all, you're great, but I'm paying a lot less uh, for the person I'm working with. No, it's the exact opposite. You can save I mean, on average, I'm saving 75%, 70% in fees. So if they're paying one point of their total assets, one percentage point of their total assets every year, sometimes their single largest expense for some of my larger clients. And I can come in and show them that not only will we do a better job uh, at managing their assets, we're going to do it for maybe 25 basis points <laughs> as opposed to what they were previously paying. Uh, that's that's really where um, I, I think a lot of the value add that, that we have at our company uh, just kind of comes to fruition. You just say, look, we're going to do all this and it's going to be a fraction of the cost from what you're used to paying. Brian, final word? Oh, uh, just those key parts are uh, very important. I guess there'd be a number seven and that's make sure to deal with uh, a fiduciary, someone that's required by law, federal law, to put the client's best interest before their company's best interest. So if you'd like to learn more, you can always go to the website, as I've said, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. And of course, there are those things you can download, the 12 different things you can download, including Brian's book on retirement, the Decker Approach book. But if, if you don't have a plan, you're like, wow, all the things that Brian and Brad talked about today, I didn't know about a lot of that. And that's the idea. You've never retired before. Why should you be expected to know all of this? That's what the team at Decker Retirement is here to do, help you Maybe have a little more confidence and clarity moving forward in retirement and go enjoy your retirement. Let them deal with a lot of the X's and O's, but they're certainly going to be very transparent with you. You're going to understand what's going on and you have final say. You're the CEO. It's your retirement. Look at the team at Decker Retirement as your CFO. They are here to help, though. Again, that number is 833-707-3030. There's no cost. There's no obligation. I don't know why you wouldn't take advantage of it. 833-707-3030. Thanks for being with us today, Brad. Always appreciate your insight. Brian, as always, enjoy the rest of the weekend. We'll do it again next week. This is Safer Retirement Radio. Have a great weekend, everyone. 
Decker Retirement Planning offers insurance services. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Decker Retirement Planning is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable. That accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Decker Retirement Planning. This radio show is a paid placement.